This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, as we do on occasion, we give you a full roses and thorns episode. Enjoy. It's smart and funny and attractive because I'm there. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. Three, two, one. <laughs> All right, now. I made him laugh this time. <laughs> I because yes. you were making a crazy face. <laughs> All right, time for everyone's favorite part, especially my favorite part. Not everyone's favorite part, just my favorite part. My favorite person, Roses and Thorns with my wife, Ashley. And today is a special day. Not just any day. Yes. When we are recording this, it's July 3rd, the day before Americans Independence Day. It also marks the day when uh, we gave up our independence and got married. And gained so much more. Yeah, we did. Today is our 13th anniversary. 13 is. is typically an unlucky number. Like, I've been going by 40 for a while, even though I'm 38, about to be 39 and a few days to my birthdays this week also oh yeah and we everyone already knows about the birthday trip that we're going to, to vegas. vegas where i will be letting loose okay I but before we get very, to that do we oh, skip no, the oh. 13th year of marriage do we just say we're married 14 years because like, like, ele- hotel like elevator skip 13 is 13 y'all no i'm not afraid of 30 so actually my first uh the first year i played like pop warner football um, they didn't know that i could play so i got the number that nobody wanted and i got number 13 mvp of the team 13 okay. is a cool number for me. There we go. 13 is magical. I mean, who believes in lucky or unlucky I'm numbers? I'm joking. Though? Oh, no, no. Well, no I'm not saying because Because of that. the other day I was like, oh, 13, it's a lucky year. And then someone's like, I don't think 13's lucky. And then I was like, oh, yeah, 13's unlucky. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> not, I, we're not very superstitious at Seven all. Seven's lucky. Is lucky, which was my high school number. There you go. And six was your college number. So we're at seven plus six. Who shakes? Oh yeah, Sit I was, I was in Vegas. Shake, shaking Richard. I mean, people don't say shaking Richard, but I'm using Richard in place of what people actually say when guys are dancing. You got, you got to. No, I, this I is a debate we've had. Beep, no one get has the heard that. Ready. Have you get heard that saying? Ready. So I can say it, it. It it rolls off the tongue. I'm gonna be shaking <laughs> in the desert. Beep that. It's good. That's a thing that people say. Who says that? People. I have never heard it. I've asked two producers Shaking here Richard. today. They've never heard They're it. They're not cool like me. Um, we're I'm in a group text age. where he said it. I haven't seen the response, but I'm going to go ahead and say my sister and cousin, who will be in Vegas with us to witness this To shaking, witness me shaking Richard um, in the desert. Have never heard it. Like, that is the weirdest thing to say. Dominique. It's not weird. Women shake things when they're dancing and guys can shake also. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but also, dancing. no one says that. Like, People say it. No one says that. I say but it. I'm excited to see this side of you. So, like, uh-huh. I think we've talked before that we don't necessarily like we're n- neither of us are separately big partiers. Like last night, actually, you're supposed to go to a comedy show and we like mixed up some things. And I thought the comedy show started at eight. Really, dinner started at eight. And then the comedy show started at 1030. We were like, thank you so much for the tickets that someone gave us. But you're going to have to find someone else to give them to. But we'll have a drink with you quickly at the start of your eight o'clock dinner. We just don't stay out that late. Um, but so but he used to go to Vegas a lot with like Champ in Denver would fly y'all out. And I'm sure y'all would have a heck oh, of a 24 hours in Vegas. So much Richard shaking. We were dating during most of this time. Yeah, we were dating. Not married. Dating. We dating. Um, so I don't know. I probably never got the full story of how these oh, Vegas trips would the go. You got the full story. Every detail. 
I give you every detail. Um, but he said he might go back to that style. So, I know because uh, I think generally, fun, so not that not that you have lots of complaints about our relationship, but I think one of if you were to lodge a like long term complaint is that. I'm not that fun in groups and you like to do group things. And then I go to these to like group parties or group dinners and I'm off to the side looking bored and dejected, which then makes you not have a good time. And I think generally one of the th complaints that you would have is like, like, you know, that I'm capable of being personable and fun and you want me to be that person. But I. Why would you say you're not, but you were when you used to go to Vegas? Because you well, I think that shaking. there's it's I'm I think. That's you something I think I don't understand. I think I don't get when you turn it on and off. And so then I get in my head and I start to think like, oh, he's turning it off because he's in a mood or because he wants to be rude right now. It's not because I want to be rude. It's because I that part of my life, I decided at a certain point how to pack that part of my life up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, All the joy. Goodbye. It, not the joy. It's just like... Uh, I was unmarried and had no kids. Then I'm married and have kids. I know, and I just but don't I think, imagine I don't think myself... You need to shake whatever as you want to say at like in hey, normal social events hey. but like lightening up and enjoying yourself like there's hey. like a spectrum of fun so what made you decide you were just going to shut it all the way up yeah because i don't have a spectrum of things i'm gonna be the best be the, the best <laughs> the most fun the best shaker or the, the best non-shaker oh so <laughs> you, you you want it you got it Watch out. It's going to be a wild Vegas trip. I'll probably be asleep during most of it. Luckily, my cousin and sister are fun. Dequell is coming. Dequell is oh. a ball of fun. Yeah, and Christina, fun. I'll, I maybe I can watch Christina's kids instead of the babysitter. She, they're bringing the kids? I think so. But with, uh, you know, someone. Yeah, uh, um, cool. well, okay, so that, okay, you would say that's one of my long-term complaints that you're not fun. So that's maybe like you could consider a thorn of the marriage. I don't know I'm that I would really agree fun. with that. We are not going to fully say thorns of our marriage, but because... Of course, like everything, there's good and bad. Yeah, good and but bad. we don't need to discuss that here. It's our <laughs> anniversary. We're talking about positive things. Um, what is a rose for you of our marriage? The whole marriage? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I didn't. Okay, so I mean. I hadn't thought about this. A rose for a person is different than the rose for, for yeah, what the are, marriage. So it's like yeah, some, what so, are some high points? What are some? I know. I think just in general. Or what are some it's great? Very, I think our relationship is very stable and not very volatile and i think when i have conversations with people even people who've been together for a long time it's they're like drastic ups and downs and when we have downs in the time it feels like it's tough and then most of the time i get away from it and like what were we really upset like we were grumpy at each other for a week because i had an attitude because you said one thing one time and then it like lasted for a week it's not like big like, so I, that's I the problem. The so that is literally how most of our arguments go. It'll be like I I might start it like or not arguments, but like our kind of rough periods. I might start it by like saying something or doing something, but then he gets in a funk. But like minor, I think we yeah. both would agree. Um, and I apologize and like I want to be done with it, but then he's just in a mood. But he can't kick his mood sometimes, and then I start getting in a mood because he's in a mood, and I'm like. Da, 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 da. And then, like a week later, it's like okay, like let's just chill our moods. Um, <laughs> then we're fine, um, which is like in the time when the mood is going oh, on. Oh, it's miserable, it's like, and it's just like well, and I I don't know if you're like this or if I imagine there are people that are listening that can relate to this. Is I'm an overthinker, so like when something happens, then I have the whole argument in my head. But I also, she don't respect me. But I also oh yeah that that. That start, that's the catalyst for a lot of them. But I also am very practical in that 
like, I know that in the time that I'm being, I like you know that you're overreacting this, which is why I then don't ever say the things to you. And then but the then punk him goes not up. saying it makes me even matter. Like, but then what am I supposed to do? Go and say like, look, you really pissed me off with this. I know that it's not actually a big deal, but I need you to know all the reasons why you pissed me off because then you have to harbor whatever feelings or whatever things that I said that I don't actually mean. But so I also am an overthinker too though. So like in the time where I'm like it can't just be like he's just mad about this. So I'm like oh well maybe it's this or this or this or maybe this is happening. I don't know about this and da 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 da. So it's like double overthinking and we're quadruple thinking and we're really. In the 13th year we're going to be different. Let's just have instead of instead of having a long extended um like medium boil let's just have an explosion. Yeah just blow it up. That'd be fun. Yeah, just like a a knockdown drag out. Well, actually, not literal knockdown drag out. (laughs) Just a yell, scream, fight fest, make up sex, and then move on. There we go. I like it. Let's try it. That's the plan. Um, And like this is really just like the first quarter of our marriage. We think like first quarter. Hope yeah. I think that you need to. We should live for a really long time. Ooh, speak for yourself. And if you think like we live into our eighties, this is really only the first quarter of our marriage. Black men don't live into the eighties. It's just not a thing that happens. Heart disease, diabetes, something going to come get me. Please stop. Okay. Well, anyway, like, because it feels like, wow, we've been married 13 years. And because we got married younger than a lot of, like, I was 25 when we got married. Um, You were 27. Um, Then a lot of our friends, like, relative to our friends, we've been married for a really long time. You were, you were, you turned 26. Uh, four days later or five days later but i was 25 as i said <laughs> okay. when we got married okay. 25 and 360 days maybe <laughs> but 25 we've been married like it seems like for a long time to a lot of friends we've been married for like five years but like but um it's really not like it's like the beginning i would say a rose for me earlier today we were at a checkup we're so lucky to live in dc there's such great health care i took he was on get up this morning i took my youngest she's been complaining of chest pain in the end it's nothing but just in case we took her to a cardiology appointment at children's national hospital which is like amazing um and it made me realize how lucky we are to have like healthy children um because it's like so amazing that there's this um and we've talked before about some of the struggles we have with our children um and they're not typically related to physical health um and even those struggles it seems like we're getting through but like there were just so many kids like in a random nine o'clock on the day before independence day when so many people were slowing down they're just kids all over this hospital of course like pictures on the walls but also like the kids there themselves like and and when i took you were i took the first appointment time so i went in at 9 a.m by the time we came out that waiting room was packed and like you could see like the the, the visibly had like you know serious physical ailments and i'm like walking my daughter out with she needs some motoring because her ribs are inflamed <laughs> or some crap like that like so that to me like we have three healthy children they may argue a lot they may get on my last nerves but like that is uh, that's You're a throwaway rose but like i mean not throwaway, but like a, a cliche one but after this morning like it feels very real to me you're welcome he thinks that I have weak, <laughs> weak genes. Dude, there's, there's, he has sickle cell trait. Yeah, that, which ain't a, ain't a problem. Until it is a problem. That tell, ain't no problem. Tell Ryan Clark that's no problem. Ain't no, he's still alive, doing well. Doing it's very right. well. He won an Emmy. I saw that. Yeah, Congrats, Ryan. So sickle cell trait is a good thing. <laughs> you can win Emmys, win Super Bowls. I did not win a Super Bowl, <laughs> nor did, did I win an Emmy. Emmy. <laughs> but apparently that's in my future because okay. I got the trait. Okay. I mean, you you, you got a lot of, uh, I don't know. I have Crohn's disease. That's the one thing that's wrong with me. Nothing. That's nothing wrong with you. I'm just saying. That's the one general, thing that's different about me. Our kids have, difference. have appreciated. I think they appreciate that. They get your good looks and intelligence and my uh, physical fortitude.
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. One of the thorns of the weekend is, yeah, this our house has been happy, but also the... Affirmative action decision, I think, has been something that's been looming. I, I I like when you like lapse into your law school personality personality at times, and you definitely were in it a couple times. And you, I, I watch you, I walk past you, and most of the time you're on your phone doing phone things like checking a schedule, perusing Instagram or something like that. And I mean, most of the time it's Instagram. Yeah, but, I like Instagram a lot, guys. But this time I'm walking past with the anticipation of like judging you for. And for, he judge as I say that, and he denies it. He judges uh, me all the time for it. I mean, but everybody I just, judges. You people just have to for keep living things. your life. Yeah, but I walk past a couple times, and you're like 
uh, scrolling through case law and and taking taking down notes and then testing out your takes on me. And it's uh, it's well, been no, fun. It wasn't takes like I, just, I mean, not takes opinions. Yeah, I think in, Anger, in his job, honestly. he calls everything takes. Um, it's a take. My thorn is Clarence Thomas. Um, oh, man, go straight for the man. Jeez. Something so I actually like you said I did read um, the the cases the decisions um, yeah the decisions but like I all of it opinions, like the opinions I yeah right. I read Chief Justice Roberts majority opinion but then I read um, Thomas's concurrence and then Sotomayor's dissent and then Jackson's dissent um, but some the main thing that like just and actually like not just reading um, articles about the cases but reading the cases he says Chief Justice or I'm not I'm sorry Justice Jackson this. Justice Jackson that it's like the back and forth Sotomayor does refer to him too so like it's not just but Justice Jackson is like keep that man's name out of my mouth and then when they're sharing the opinions in the court they're pictures of her which again I find on Instagram because I love Instagram where she's just looking in my mind I'm like what does she think about him like like this I, I never thought I would utter this yeah. since in his defense I think that he believes his beliefs are founded in an honest position, at least when it comes to this is like his response to racial injustice is not to believe that it doesn't exist, but to believe that the the solution for it is not through um, legal means. The solution to it is through. I mean, I guess I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's like everything that black people or any minority group gets has to be through their own ingenuity and group collective action and things like that, which is something that I think is a fair position to have. But, but I think I that every other group gets pluses like like so if you think about like affirmative action or in this case with UNC and Harvard it's like a plus system like we look at your race and if you're from your race or your gender if you're from um, an underrepresented group we give you like a little plus that holistically when we look at your application holistically might like give you a little nudge or something like legacies are still allowed to get a plus if you live in underrepresented geographic areas you're allowed to get a plus if your family has donated or happens to have friends in the college you get a plus and like those are things that less black people like just like if you look at like history it was only a few generations ago that black people were allowed to go to some of the same schools both like secondary and elementary but also universities as as white people so there's not a chance in many cases that our great great grandparents went there to like non HBCU so like when you've got a family who's had five generations of this school that kid has an automatic plus like why shouldn't there or athletes or yeah athletes you can still consider that you can so there's so many things you can still consider like you can even consider like do you speak another language which like helps out other minorities perhaps or immigrants which deserve those pluses like don't get me wrong but yeah, to not take out us. this one um, and I mean it's not affirmative action is not just for black people yeah, no, but not I think, at all but that's the yeah. one that they're definitely taking out with these cases and like basically not just just taking out affirmative action but writing all this case law that like says and once it's written in there like it's this becomes law that the constitution is colorful the like, the reason for affirmative action and i think that's part of the thing that became clear to me through this recent um decision is that at one point affirmative action was believed to like it was meant to address like uh, systemic injustice. And then at a certain point, they switched that to say it was meant to uh, if it was in the best interest of the government. And I think that was am I 
misunderstandings you can um well i think what's interesting is with um schools like colleges the the re like based on like why it was not struck down before or why it was allowed before the only um to do anything that involves like race-based classification you have to have um a compelling a compelling government interest and it has to be narrowly tailored to like achieving you know and so the only compelling interest that the court before acknowledged was, or that enough people of the court, like a majority acknowledged, was um, basically like diversity in education is better for everyone. The interests that they cared about weren't about like helping to remediate past things. Yeah. Like that, and that was, I mean, I guess that that's my was point. deemed not compelling. Yeah, it was always about benefiting everyone. Like the whole school benefits from having a diverse flow of ideas. Um, so that was it. It wasn't about like helping black people or women or well, not even, I mean helping I think helping is also the terminology and the way that we look yeah, at this is true. also problematic is it's not yeah. about helping it's about leveling the, the playing, the playing field and I think oftentimes we at least for me and we can relate this to sports to some degree because this is supposed to be a sports show but we think about the Rooney rule a lot in uh in comparison to this and the idea or forget the Rooney Rule. You just think about positions in football. Like, there are so no- I asked him this. Can I? I was like, so I could see like, and this is different because the the cases that were just decided were about in schools, right? So this is in like a, a workplace. workplace. Right. Um, but um, I was like, well, I could see people being like, well, we shouldn't just force teams to bring in white cornerbacks um, because we have to keep things. I was like, I was just saying like, like, you know, being like imagining this is an argument someone could say. But what he said was surprising to me. Oh, I mean, I I think white cornerbacks are, are, are <laughs> I being. Was like, dis- I thought only black people could play. <laughs> no, white cornerbacks are being discriminated against. Like, I, I think that there probably are tons of white athletes who are good enough to play cornerback or at least have the skills. Like, it's absurd to imagine that somehow black people are different physically. They aren't. Yeah. And that black people are the only ones that are built to play a specific position. It's as crazy to say that about cornerbacks and like all the white receivers that play slot or white kids who are awesome uh lacrosse players or soccer players like the short area quickness and straight ahead straight line speed is something that plenty of white kids have but at a certain point their coach look at him and looks at him or a recruiter looks at him is like "Mm, he looked like a slot receiver to me (laughs) not like a cornerback and i think the same thing could be said for the quarterback position and i would take that a step further is this is the part about affirmative action or just forget affirmative action about college admittance that um frustrates me is that you pick the metrics that you find important and so the idea that uh, minority kids are getting to schools over kids that deserve it more is based on the idea that you think that a standardized test alone or um, extracurricular activities or um, access to tutors like it's that you think that that is a true measure of someone's value which I don't think and why this relates to quarterbacks to me is for many years you could for the history of the NFL you could look at the quarterback position and say black people are not built to play quarterback because they just were not given the opportunity and part of reason not part of it is them not being given the opportunity is just uh, unconscious bias but part of it is also prioritizing what 
you found valuable. And prioritizing pocket passing was a priority that people made for so long. And now we've come to an era where we're like, no, we can do it better. You can do more than that. And I think the same thing could be true. The analogy is not perfect, but the same thing could be true for how you decide who gets into institutions. It's like, what are you going to prioritize? Prioritizing uh, test scores? Yeah. Kids who are from families that have not had the same experience in education are going to have lower test scores. Kids who are in poor neighborhoods are going to have lower test scores. Kids who cannot afford to go home from school and take an unpaid internship or who can't afford to do who can't afford to do international tra- travel are going to have less attractive, can't afford to get uh, Spanish language tutors or other language tutors. This stuff. And so impacts. this is where so they'd like, be like, OK, me, well, we can still look at socioeconomic. Right. Stuff. But you're not but yeah, measuring there's still so much more. Yeah. yeah. But you're not measuring all of those things. You're looking at the. And you're choosing what things to find important. So I think that's the most frustrating thing. And we're in a position where I think our kids are going to have access to some of those things and do have access to tutors. Uh, and it's not even about us as much. And I think that's one of the things that is difficult is I think affirmative action or at least the the um, the general push of what affirmative action is supposed to accomplish is good for everybody but you put a black face on it and people are opposed to it which is unfortunate so i'm involved at university of maryland and i was thinking like like how particularly in a state school you're and of course you can graduate from maryland you can go across the country leave the country whatever and the same like unc was one of the cases like but a state school's mission involves like helping to to work on behalf of the state like you need diverse like like doctors right now think about like black women's health stuff you know like we need and like studies show that like black doctors pay more attention to particular black people but particularly black women's pain that like a newborn of color is like twice i'm not a newborn like a preemie um um a black preemie is more than i think twice twice more likely to survive excuse me if he or she has a black doctor um, like like you need I think 5% which to me is crazy because I have so many friends of lo- who are lawyers so I was shocked by this 5% of lawyers are black um, like like you need everyone's interests represented um, in all fields and so particularly at state schools where you're like trying to prepare the state to move on and to succeed like you need that but what you can do in state schools is like partner with counties or wherever who do have like you know diverse socioeconomically religiously racially um student backgrounds, students of different backgrounds and like, you know, make sure you have pipelines to bring them in. So there are things that can be done. And like for employers or things like there's something we do at Maryland, which you probably forget that we give stipends mm. for um, students um, to do all, intern- all the money we spent <laughs> yeah, to do um, internships who otherwise might not be able to afford unpaid internships. Companies like making sure that you're helping these students to have better resumes by, you know, yeah, I mean, so there's still a lot that can be done, but I'm worried more about the future of like this whole, like the constitution's colorblind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think the idea is to, or the hope is to live up to what the idea of America was, which we've yet to do it. And I think the idea is that you have to take all, use all means possible. And I think that ideal is uh, as we are, I guess, probably after the 4th of July, when people are listening to this, the ideal is that everyone has the same amount of access to success. And like that we live in a meritocracy that also has a a solid safety net that even if you, yeah. And it's not, uh, yeah. And I think understanding that not everyone starts at the same point, you have to address that in some ways. And I think that what happens often is people 
who are not black, mostly who are in financially challenging situations, look at their life and see that there are plenty of obstacles in front of them, which I think those obstacles should be addressed also. But the idea that it's a very crab in a barrel mentality where you look over and say, well, I don't have that help. So why should they get this help? Like, no, the response should be, I don't have that help. Give me that help. Like, let's all get the help that everyone needs to get to a a baseline and have and and have equal access to to the same things. And let's like not fail to acknowledge that. So like the whole problem with how I keep saying like the, the they say the Constitution's colorblind and that's upsetting me. Yes, I wish it truly were. But one like originally it wasn't like while there might not be language, but more importantly, like society isn't colorblind. So a dead colorblind document like trying to apply and make law you know um and justify things in a non like if not that i think society should be colorblind i think it's beautiful that we all have differences and like and we can contribute you know and share those differences with each other but like their reasons for and this not not to say that everyone who is disadvantaged right, doesn't get, get help it. but there are systemic reasons why yeah. that go that go back like to our parents, our certainly our grandparents' lifetime, yeah. that um, some black people are in a different situation right. than and they otherwise could be in. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I guess the the point is when a, when a baby is born, you would like that that baby, no matter where they were born or how they look or who they love, you like them to have the same access to to education and success, no matter all those things. But that's not true, and you don't get closer to that by um, tearing down uh, anything that's meant, or at least in some way addresses that. I think we've been trying to end this for a while, but we have now. I told you it's going to run over. All right. Happy anniversary. Good luck Happy editing that. Birthday. Happy anniversary to Bye. you too, honey. All right. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Adi. Thank you, Christina. Bye. Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.